It's Wednesday, so you've got me. I'm Carousel Baird. Hey, you can listen to me any day of the week. You can listen online at WRTFM.org, at the A Public Affair podcast, or on the WORT smartphone app. If you like what you hear, click the donate button and support community media. Your donation makes a huge difference. Six foot six above sea level. I grab the mic because I like to take you to another mental level. Low power frequency radio modulation. The big sound from underground. We bring the truth to places truth is never heard before. We bring the sound communication of our tribal war. Hello, everybody, and welcome to a public affair. It's Wednesday, so that means you've got me. I'm Carousel Baird, and in fact, today is Wednesday, July 20th, 2022, and we are going to kick off our conversations with the candidates running for Wisconsin State Assembly in District 80. We're going to talk about that in just one minute, but I want to remind you, of course, that you are listening to volunteer-powered, listener-sponsored community radio, WORT 89.9 FM, Madison. So, as I just said, we, we've been rolling through all of our conversations and uh, with so many candidates. Please feel free to go online. We have wrapped up our conversations with the candidates running for um, United States Senate for the state of Wisconsin. Those were, woo, we had a lot. And if you didn't catch them all, you can absolutely go to the WORT website because um, the election is coming up in a Three weeks from now, it's over. Two two weeks and six days is the election. Um, maybe you don't know who you're voting for yet. You can take a listen to all of our conversations with the U.S. Senate candidates to find out more. And now, finally, a race that I've been talking about because um, I know some of these candidates. I like some of these candidates. Lovely, lovely people. Wonderful and exciting. All the people running for office. Let's kick off our conversation now about candidates running for the 80th district. And what is is the 80th Assembly District and includes Verona, Mount Hora, parts of Fitchburg. It goes all the way down to New Glarus. It's sort of, it, it, it's really a large map, a large piece of property on the map there is Assembly District 80. And the first candidate joining us today is Mike Baer. Hello, Mike. It's so great to have you. Hi, Carousel. Nice to be with you and hear your voice again. It's been a while. Yeah. Mike and I uh, served uh, on the Dane County Board together, uh, and he is still serving now in his second term on the Dane County Board. Is your second term, I think? Yeah. Second, yep, second term. That's right. And we miss you terribly. You were a, you were a power uh, <laughs> and, and got so much done and quite an inspiration. So we have a lot to live up to and some shoes to fill well on the board. i appreciate that you 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 bring your own energy and passion as well uh just in your first term when we served together i was impressed with all the work that you were uh advocating for so tell us a little bit about yourself why you're running for state assembly why you want to leave our beautiful little county board and move up to the state assembly level well that'll be one of my regrets uh but you know, I, I am certainly uh, inspired to do this for a number of reasons. Uh, I've been representing the city and town of Verona on the county board, or been a strong progressive voice with the record of getting things done. Uh, helped create the county's eviction foreclosure program, done quite a bit of uh, work with the, the team on land preservation around the area, and uh, helped shape our uh, COVID relief response, and uh, worked hard for our county workers to get them a, a bigger, better raise than uh, what was proposed originally and try to make sure that they had full, fair, equitable access to benefits that they needed, especially during the, the COVID time. Mm -hmm. uh, it was really difficult for them. And I was you know, previously on the city council here in Verona. I yep. worked for a, a long time for Russ Feingold. Uh, Senator Feingold was my, my first job in college and after college and uh, really learned a lot doing that. Also a small business owner of the beer garden at Ulbrich Park and uh, I've spent the last 12 years being a full-time advocate at the Community Advocates Public Policy Institute, uh, doing research and organizing and advocating to eliminate poverty and uh, working specifically on health and housing and hunger issues and justice reform. And uh, I've worked in the Capitol as a, as a lobbyist and on crafting and, and uh, drafting and trying to get things done and have a record of accomplishments there that I'm quite proud of as well. Um, but I'm compelled to do this because we have so many things facing us, so so much dysfunction, uh, our rights are under attack, uh, and 
I've got these two little kids and, and I know that so many other people do too, who are worried about their future for so many reasons, worried yeah. about their safety on a daily basis. Uh, and so I want to be more involved and see what I can get accomplished in the assembly and um, progressive and want to put people first and people over profit and care about my community and want our processes to be fair, our outcomes to be equitable. And uh, I want to put those values to work in, in everything that I have done so far and want to put them to work in, in the assembly as well. Well, I want to touch base on some, some of that about the processes to be fair and the equity. You know, when you go to your website, the first thing that it talks about is empathy for others, fairness in the process, yeah. not a specific issue. You you absolutely detail issues below that. But that sort of up front and center. Why are those words the first words you want people to see? Well, I think any kind of public service we need to do first from, from our values. Uh, and if if someone's values don't necessarily align with empathy, fairness, equity, I have a question about that person and, and their judgment and how they will uh, respond when an issue is facing them. And so everything that I do, whether it's owning a business, being a father, being a public servant, being an advocate, flows from those values first. Uh, and I think that you know they are a guide uh, and the thing that, that I check when I'm faced with a question. And so in my mind, those, those things come first, and that's what I want voters to know about me first. So let's sort of break down the issues that are important to you and how you will approach them with empathy and, and fairness and equity and all the issues. You ta- What are some of your top issues that are important to you? Well, number one is our rights uh, are under attack. Um, and I think that is a result of the first thing we need to address, which is the, the constant dysfunction of our, of our government. We've got, uh, you know, a standstill on... Uh, issues that are important like climate change, almost nothing happening uh, on schools. In a lot of ways, we're going backwards. Uh, on gun control, we had at the federal level a, a small incremental step forward, which is good, but obviously not everything. It was a good first step. We need to do a lot more. Uh, at the state level, we've done almost nothing on that issue. Uh, and so I think to make progress on those issues, we have to address the dysfunction first. And so if we could do something different on the gerrymandering of the legislative districts, uh, which, you know, you and I working on the county board, we had a a great process that was created uh, after the previous redistricting to make sure we got this one right, uh, that didn't consider someone's incumbency. It didn't consider uh, political leanings of a district. It was solely issues of what is the size? Are they equal? How can we create as many minority majority districts as possible? Uh, and make sure that there's a fair outcome and not an outcome that's based on the past you know, and something that is beneficial and good for the future. So if we could replicate that process and do that at the state level, I think we'd have a much better outcome and a fair opportunity for progress to be made on those issues that, that are so important to people right now. Uh, in addition to gerrymandering, the, the endless amounts of dark money and, and powerful special interest money that's flowing into our elections is uh, frankly, disgusting uh, and in need of, of deep reform. Uh, and we've got courts right now, frankly, are gone bonkers uh, and completely out of touch with reality uh, here on the ground. And it, it's case after case, decision after decision, attacking our rights, attacking our, our fundamental way of life and our quality of life. Uh, and, and if we want to make progress on that, a lot of that has to be electing U.S. Senate candidates who will uh, vote to confirm Supreme Court justices who uh, are in touch with reality uh, and electing presidents who will appoint those uh, justices who are in touch with reality. But we also need to win some state Supreme Court races to bring back some some reasonableness to uh, to our state Supreme Court, too. It definitely feels like there's, you know, a disconnect where people feel like our leaders are out of touch with reality and they don't really trust yeah. them. So I appreciate how you talk about how that that is sort of fundamental. How how would you how, how would you move forward these initiatives? I mean, I you make reference to what we did on the county board. It wasn't without controversy. I'm very proud of what we did, but there was some pushback by some of our colleagues who felt they were getting, you know, pushed off of the county board. Uh, and 
I can just imagine how this goes over on the state legislature. Uh, it, it hasn't, right? Because people don't want to get out of the way. So how do you make these changes? Right. Well, I, I think that distrust that you uh, that you alluded to is is you know a fundamental problem and and one that the Republicans have sowed on purpose. They've eroded people's trust in our institutions. And that includes you know, some of the ones we hold most dear, like the University of Wisconsin, uh, public high schools, um, and, and our election processes and those who operate our election processes. That has all been done on purpose to achieve their goals of holding on to power. Uh, and, and I think that's the fundamental problem that, that, that we're addressing here. If we could do things that are conducive to moving people uh, out of power who are abusing it, we'd all benefit. We would all have the opportunity to benefit from uh, a freedom to assemble without fear of gun violence, uh, a, a climate future that we can be proud of that creates opportunities and not fear. Uh, and so doing these things ought not to be partisan and not, you know, the Democrats have been the ones talking about creating a, a fair redistricting process, have been the ones talking about campaign finance reform, have been the ones pushing these progressive issues and solutions that would restore tr people's trust in our government. Uh, but Republicans are standing in the way, holding on to power uh, in, in ways that are you know, not consistent with what voters are looking for. We're talking right now with Mike Baer. He's one of the candidates running for Wisconsin State Assembly, District 80, which includes Verona, Mount Horeb, parts of Fitchburg, all the way down to New Glarus. Uh, Mike, talk to us about that district. It's, you know, not your typical Madison district, which, you know, is part of the city. It really, it, it has some, you know, populated areas, Verona and Fitchburg, and then it really has some beautiful, more rural parts of the community. Sure do does. you see um, a, a common thread when you talk to individuals throughout the district or are there, you know, differences? Yeah, it is a fascinating um, district geographically and, and in terms of the people who live here. Um, and we're proud to call it home uh, here in Verona. And, and there's this sort of ring of suburbs, uh, Middleton, Verona, Pittsburgh, and then some of the you know outer communities that are uh, Mount Horror, Belleville, Nuclearis, uh, Hollandale, way out in Iowa County. Uh, and so it sort of looks like one third suburbs, one third farms in the middle, and then one third on, on the west uh, driftless area. And it, it's beautiful and, and you know, geographically diverse, um, but the common threads uh, are, there really isn't much of a urban rural or suburban rural divide uh, there are definitely commonalities on this issue of dysfunction and wanting our government to work well. There are definitely issues uh, that people are identifying that are in the news, uh, tax on our rights, um, including uh, the, the Dobbs case and people's access to abortion care. Yep. Uh, gun control is absolutely on people's minds, given the shooting in Uvalde and the one in Illinois that had a component here. And uh, Buffalo, and it's just this constant stream of, of people seeing violence in their communities and not feeling safe at church or at a grocery store or movie theater or school or ever, uh, or parade even. And so uh, people are certainly talking about these things and, and looking for solutions and wanting us to make progress. Talk to me about, um, and you touched on that a little bit about you know, your your children that you're thinking about the future for them. And I know every time people run for office, they're like, now is the most pressing time and now is the change. And, you know, I'm a I have two daughters and um, my oldest is thinking about colleges, has just started driving. And I in just the last few months had thoughts of fear about what her future mm -hmm. looks like that I never had before. Thought, I mean, she's been driving for almost a year now, and, you know, short of her being a safe driver, I had never worried about what would happen. And now I'm, I think about, oh, okay, wait, is she going to the movies with her friends? What's going to happen at the movie? She's going to the mall with her friends? Oh, she's going to walk down State Street with her friends? I'm thinking about all these things and having this level of anxiety that I haven't had for her first, you know, 17 years of life. 
are you what is the response to that um are you hearing conversations that now it really is a pressing time more than other times absolutely and i i feel that myself as a parent of two boys uh you know dropping off my son uh he was a first grader just finished first grade dropping off my son after that uvalde shooting this was the first time dropping him off at the public school uh at the elementary school after one of these and uh it hit different yeah. uh, for me um and now after that i started giving him an extra hug in the morning at the drop off you know it's one for today and one for who knows when or what if and no parent should have to feel that no parent should have to have that same anxiety that that you were expressing and i've certainly felt that too and i've heard that consistently knocking on doors and talking to people in the 80th district that there is a fear for the future and it's it's yeah, I think you were you're correct that it's it's tough not to sound like a politician when talking about that issue. Uh, but it is something I, I feel genuinely uh, and deeply inside me that we are not setting up our children for a successful future. And we should be doing better. I think the moment demands that. Uh, we're in a, a moment of necessity to make sure that we are offering them something to be hopeful about. We're in a moment when parents are demanding that uh, their kids be able to go to a parade or school safely, uh, that their daughters uh, or anyone who wants to be pregnant can grow up in a place to be able to make choices about that. Um, and that's not possible right now. And so the people on the other side of those issues wanting gun full gun access, gun, you know, uh, no restrictions whatsoever on carrying on owning on whatever uh those who want to take away choices in reproductive health are talking about rights and making rights arguments but i'm talking about rights too my right to assemble my kids right to assemble safely without fear of gun violence is not possible right now mm -hmm. uh, anyone's right to make a choice about their reproductive health not possible now because of uh, 1849 law and the Supreme Court decision that, again, is completely out of touch with reality on the ground and in medicine and uh, what people are, are wanting our, our courts in, on this particular issue to look like. Um, so this is, you know, this is the fundamental thing right now is what are our rights going to look like and how are we going to fight and build power to be able to protect them uh, and work with Republicans to understand that Public opinion is not on their side on these issues, not even close. Uh, and so we have to make progress. How do you do that? How do you work with the Republicans and how do you pull on, you know, the history that you have? So many uh, candidates that we talk to uh, talk about, you know, they're not a politician. They haven't worked in politics and they, they use that as, um, you know, a talking point. And I appreciate that your talking point is actually I've done these things i've been on the county yeah. board the verona city council i've done lobbying where uh things are challenging and yet you somehow find a way forward how do you how how do you envision success uh working on the state capitol and talking to republicans yeah I, you know i think part of the if i may poke at you all in the media for a second i think part of it is is that there's not a lot of coverage on the progress that does happen there was over 200 bills that were passed and signed into law in this last session. Well, that doesn't get much, much, uh, you know, the, the praise and credit that it deserves. A lot of good things do get done. Now, the governor also vetoed more than 100. So there's a lot of bad things that this legislature is working on. That's obvious that people pay attention to that. Uh, when I hear more, more than 200 bills were passed, I think opportunity. Uh, I think those things must have been bipartisan because they were passed by a a Republican-dominated legislature and signed by a Democratic governor. And one of the number one lessons I learned working for Russ Feingold uh, for six years in various roles was almost no progress happens unless it's bipartisan. You know, we worked with John McCain on just about everything. We were working with Lindsey Graham uh, when I left in 2008 on climate change. Uh, and you know, to think that that would be something possible and happening today is sort of a for, definitely foreign or, or very uh, old concept. Um, but I think it's still possible. Uh, and so that requires developing relationships. It requires 
not screaming for the sake of screaming and being hyperbolic and just being very realistic about how to approach this job. And, uh, you know, I have, I have a record of accomplishments on the city council here in Verona, on the county board that I'm very proud of and uh, things that I've been lobbying on and working on in my day job, like housing issues that, uh, and justice reform issues and health issues that have gotten passed with bipartisan support. Uh, and that takes experience and takes savvy. And, and obviously people have to start somewhere if they're not involved. Um, but I would argue that the legislature where there's so many life and death is issues and, and so much is at stake um, is probably not the place for beginners. Um, and, and I've got the experience to get some things done. Mike, so much of the work that you've done uh, focuses on equity. And, and part of your website talks yeah. about equity and outcomes. How do you approach um, the policies that you work on and think about equity issues? And how will that frame your time if you're elected to the state assembly? Yeah, well, I think about equity in terms of outcomes. And, um, you know, the everybody's dreams, I think, are, are generally the same, wanting to live a happy, safe life and flourish in some way. Uh, and and if, if that is either under threat or actively not um, possible, that presents a problem in my mind and something that we need to approach and, and ensure that we are getting equitable outcomes. And it's feeling like everywhere you look across the state, there are inequities uh, in, in where road funding goes, in uh, who is graduating from a high school and who's not, uh, in which communities are feeling the effects of climate change and not. It turns out it's all of them, but some feeling it more than others and generally our, our black and brown friends feeling it uh, in, in worse ways. And so equity in my mind is something we have to have uh, as a value uh, and look for in all of the outcomes that we're doing in terms of policies and programming to make sure that it's, it's something that we've got. It's, a, it's fundamental. Is there a role that you think, Mike, you can play um, as an elected official from Dane County to to sort of take that base and that leverage and help uh, support, you know, success of progressive Democratic candidates across the state? Absolutely. I, you know, one of the things that I enjoy most uh, is, is helping out other candidates win elections. Uh, we had a, a a pretty contentious school board race here in Verona this past spring. I helped my Joe, my, my helped my friend Joe Haynes win that race, um, and you know it 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 had it was one that had to be won. It wasn't an option in my mind to have my kids and neighbors' kids going to a school that uh, had a school board with this person uh, on it. And so we worked hard to make sure that he won, and he won decisively and sent a message that you know the the wackos are not welcome here on the school board and across the state school boards are a place that republicans are trying to dominate um, and that's something we need to work on and i think the legislature obviously is is drawn in such a way that it's difficult for uh progressives to get more than you know the, the 30 some seats that we've got at the moment and uh but that doesn't mean we shouldn't try uh, it doesn't mean that voters' minds aren't being changed at this very moment because of uh, Supreme Court decisions or uh, economic issues that are going on and, yeah. and, and whatever else the legislature is working on. So we have to try. Um, one of the things I'm, I've been interested in for quite some time is uh, making sure that the Democratic Party has an organizing platform in addition to an issues platform to really sort of say, here are the things that, that we are going to do with the money that we're going to raise. Um, and I think that would be a, a big benefit to have everybody in the uh, state party infrastructure thinking about that issue, working on that together and take those decisions out of the hands of a few uh, to make sure we make progress across the state. And I think there's a lot of history and benefit to doing organizing everywhere. Uh, and, you know, I grew up in Manitowoc. That's a place that was very um, blue collar, union dominated. And Democrats just lost touch once it became a sort of post-industrial community. And, and that was to our detriment in that community and so many others across the state. Well, I like that you talked about also supporting candidates that are running for school board and local office that yeah. right connecting across the state. Yes, move, with the goal to move state legislature, uh, state policies forward, but it's also local policies that are just as, yeah. just as important. I, yeah, go ahead. 
Well, I think I think so many legislators get elected and say, oh, I've, I've made it and kick their feet up on the desk. And that's that. And I, that's absolutely not what I'm going to do. I'm going to be a get out of the building and go help other candidates win. Uh, you know, it's, it, there's no reason to uh, not be investing time, energy, money, whatever it takes to try to win some of these elections, change people's minds. And it's a it's a generational effort now that we're in. It's this is not a one cycle at a time thing. We need to be thinking long term how we continue to um, build up our, our progressive um, base in this state. Well, Mike, it's been fantastic talking with you. Tell us a little bit about how people can learn more about your campaign and hopefully catch you on uh, the campaign trail. Sure. Well, uh, I've been doing a lot of doors uh, out in the community and and happy to talk with anybody. Uh, My contact information is at votebear.com. And this has been a, a really interesting experience, meeting people, talking about their issues, learning about their concerns, learning about their anxieties, about uh, the future and their rights being under attack and the dysfunction of this government. Uh, and I'll, I'll bring my progressive values to this job to make progress on these big challenges and, and put my skills and experience to work uh, in a way that uh, I think will be beneficial. And, and uh, we have so much work to do, so many choices we, we need to be making uh, to make sure that things are better for people to live in this state. Uh, and I want to say thank you to you, Carousel and WRT for the opportunity and all of your listeners for listening. It's been fabulous talking with you, Mike, and it's really a pleasure. Uh, This is my favorite thing to do is talk with all the candidates. Um, So thanks so much for joining us today and best of luck. Thank you so much. Have a good day. You too. That was Mike Baer, candidate for Wisconsin State Assembly District 80. And we're going to com- compete, uh, complete, oh God, continue the conversation, if I can get my words out. Because um, there are there are a handful of candidates running for Assembly District 80. And the next candidate we have joining us today is Anna, Anna Halverson. Hello, Anna. How are you doing? Hi, Carousel. I'm doing great. Thanks so much for having me. I'm so excited to talk with you. I have so many friends that I've worked with in politics that just rave about you and have have known really, I think, the energy that you bring to uh, the campaign trail. Oh, well, that is so kind to hear. I appreciate that. Yeah, I'm really excited about this race and my candidacy. It's going well. Lots of volunteers helping us out and just a lot of momentum. Well, tell us a little bit about your campaign and why you decided to run for state assembly. Absolutely. So I'm a volunteer with Moms Demand Action for Gun Sense in America. I've held multiple leadership roles in the Wisconsin chapter. And, you know, that organization, it's it's so excellent. We've been organizing all over the country and all over the state. And I think that it's just a really good example of building progressive power and and, and getting things done. So uh, we saw the results of that a couple last month when Congress passed the first significant piece of gun safety legislation in over 30 years. So I'm, I'm interested in, in people who get things done and people who want to organize and build democratic power everywhere. Um, and then during the day, I work for an agency. We support people with disabilities in the community. So it's, a, it's in Wisconsin's long-term care system. I work with state government every day. I actually used to work for the state, for the Department of Workforce Development in Iowa County. And I'm really passionate about access to quality and affordable health care. Uh, and I believe that all Wisconsinites, all people in the 80th district, and really all people in the world are deserving of dignity and respect, no matter what they look like, no matter their disability status, no matter how much potential they have to make money or what they do for work. Um, and I, that's th- those are the values I, I'm bringing to this campaign. It really feels like you're you know, entire work history and philosophy is to advocate and fight for the people that otherwise uh, don't have a voice or aren't getting their fair share. Yeah, well said. (laughs) I need to write that down. (laughs) Yeah, that's my career has been, I've worked in public schools. I um, worked, I served in AmeriCorps when I first moved to Wisconsin. My parents were in the army, so I moved all over the country and then met my husband in D.C. and he'd gone to UW for undergrad and we moved out here. I served in AmeriCorps and then got my master's degree in rehabilitation psychology. So, yeah, that's kind of been the trajectory of my career is just figuring out what what's needed in my community and, and trying to do the work. And when you go to your website, the first things that you see talk about how you're an optimist 
and you will bring optimism to the job. Why is why is that important? Yeah, I'm so glad you brought that up because I think sometimes optimism, the kind of optimism I'm talking about is not the kind where you sit around and you like wring your hands and you say, gee, I hope things get better. It's the optimism that that I have from knowing that others in my community and actually most people in Wisconsin and in our community want the same things. We want our kids to be safe at school, safe from gun violence, safe to be who they are. We want clean air and clean water for our kids and their their kids. We want access to quality and affordable health care. As women, we want to be able to know that we can go to the hospital and have our reproductive health taken care of and not be left to bleed. So, you know, yeah, that's I, I think that my optimism comes from just knowing that we can make change and that the extremist, the extremists in control of our legislature in Wisconsin and the extremists in control of the Supreme Court, the, the federal Supreme Court, they want progressives and they want people to look at the landscape and say, oh, geez, ah, it's just too much. I'm going to retreat into my privilege. I'm going to just go sit in my comfy house and watch TV and, you know, just tune it out. And I, you know, I understand it's hard. It's hard to stay in. It's it tempting. Look, it's tempting. <laughs> and I think, you know, there's a difference between taking breaks and taking care of yourself and just washing your hands of it when you have the privilege to do that. Cause so many people don't have the privilege to do that. So, so yeah, for me, optimism really is having faith in your community and faith that we can, um, we can organize and we can show that we have the power there are more the people of wisconsin are way ahead of the extremists in control of the legislature i know that that is true and certainly the people in the 80th district so talk to me about that when you if uh if you win this election you get to join the wisconsin state assembly where the republicans people that don't align with your values are is the party in charge how do you move things forward and and maybe you can tell us a little bit of your experience of advocating for things that you think are an underdog and and are able to find success yeah absolutely so it, yeah, of course. Anyone who knows anything about Wisconsin politics, state politics, knows that the legislature is a tough place to be for a Democrat. Yeah. And the maps we got do not, you know, inspire too much hope for the next 10 years. But I do think that when you look at the the people in the legislature, so many in the Democrats in the legislature, there have, have been so many good bills introduced just in the past few sessions on climate, on criminal justice reform. I mean, really, you name it, and Democrats in the assembly have tried. So it's not for lack of of um, intelligent, creative, hardworking people in the minority in the assembly right now. It's just, it's the lack of progressive power and it's our gerrymandered maps. So I, you know, my experience as a organizer is in building power. Um, and that's not, you know, it's kind of the boring stuff, right? It's registering people to vote. It's traveling all across Wisconsin, it's treating this job, not as a part-time job, but as a full-time job, because in order for me to make sure that the voice, for, that I am the voice for the people of the 80th district and that that voice matters, we have to have more power as Democrats. So, you know, I, I also think though that what I would bring to the assembly is a fresh perspective. You know, I've spent my career working in these public systems that have been continually gutted for private profit, profit. Yes. school districts. Yeah. You know, all of the participants we work with that I work for a nonprofit agency called Progressive Community Services, and I, all of our participants are on Medicaid. And we're just now de we're dealing with funding cuts from the state that started July 1st, another round of funding cuts. So that means we have to increase caseloads for all of our social workers. It means that the people who need our help are getting less of our time and you know we're just, and when i worked in public schools in dane county i helped people with disabilities exit adult services or exit 18 to 21 programs and the special education programs and then enter adult services and you know i saw what happens when when school districts are funded at 30 percent of what it actually costs to support a student with who needs special education services that pits schools again schools and teachers against students and families when the the actual enemy is a legislature that's obstructing funding that most wisconsinites agree we need and want so you know i think that having i'm, I'm really proud to be endorsed by rep lisa subek uh, who started her career 
as a preschool teacher and worked with homeless populations as a social worker, and we were just talking last night about this, is that we need people in the legislature who understand what it's like to work in these fields and what it's, what it's like for people on the ground who are suffering from the lack of support. Talk to us about some of your top issues. And I know you've, you've talked about your experience with gun control um, and talk to us yeah. about what, what motivates you. Yes, go ahead. Yeah, absolutely. And actually you you had another question in there before that I didn't fully answer, which was, you know, so I, I'd love to talk about gun safety and some of my work Yes. at the state level has been meeting with legislators on both sides of the aisle uh, for what we call our advocacy days in Moms Demand Action, where we, I mean, I think I've led about 40 plus meetings with legislators where we, every year we focus on a topic about, you know, closing background check loopholes, red flag laws. Uh, the re red flag laws are also known as extreme risk protection orders. And actually when we get a lot of traction when we meet with even Republican legislators about that, because what we're saying is that we need to empower our law enforcement to be able to get guns out of the hands of people when they get phone calls and say, hey, I'm worried my son is gonna do something to himself or someone else, and I know he has weapons. Right now in Wisconsin, the police cannot do anything with that information. Hmm. Um, so that's, you know, so we, we, talk to, we talk to Republican lawmakers about this and they say, oh, that sounds good. And then it goes nowhere because they're told what they're allowed to vote on, what they're allowed to even, you know, bring to the floor or, or sponsor. So it's just that that is certainly frustrating, but, but that is a priority. And I think that what we saw federally shows the momentum that we have and shows that people want even more uh, more action on that. And yes. there is a lot we can do statewide. And now we know that at Wisconsin would get federal dollars if we implemented, we, we would get money to to implement red flag laws if we were able to, to ha you know, get the political momentum to make that happen. You are giving me hope that there's <laughs> Republican legislators out there, do you think there are, that these are things that can sort of, I mean, the effort of chiseling away and talking with them piece by piece by piece. Do you think that's progress that can be made? Yeah, I do. I mean, I, I, I think that, again, I think that many uh, cynical people out there would like us to throw our hands up and walk away. And But no, progress is made drip by drip, right? Like this is a, we have to play the long game and we have to just keep trying. My so my boss who's just an incredible social worker and supporter and the executive director she always says that's when we're problem solving situation you know we end up helping people in really difficult situations try to get somewhere safe and get the supports they need and she says just hit it at every angle you just throw everything at the wall you you are creative you talk to people you build coalitions you figure out any of the possible solutions to these problems and then you see what sticks and a lot of them are not going to but then some of them do and you get a little crack and then you open up the crack and then you do it again and that's what we do it that's that's what you know anyone who's been a teacher or a social worker or any in any of these you know when when you're trying to help people you don't have the luxury of saying like well i don't know we'll see what happens no you just keep fighting and you keep working and you keep finding common ground and building coalitions that's not to say that I think I'm going to get in there and have a chat with Robin Voss and then everything will be better. I certainly know that that's not how this is going to go, but I do think that we need fresh perspective and we need people who understand how to get things done. We're talking right now with Anna Hilverson. She's one of the candidates running for Wisconsin State Assembly District 80, which covers includes Mount Horeb and Verona, parts of Fitchburg, um, all the way down to New Glarus and all these great communities in between. Um, Anna, talk to us about what other issues are important to you. We've talked about gun control, and I know there's so much more. Yeah, absolutely. You know, one thing that I've been thinking and talking a lot about is is really talking about infrastructure as more than roads and bridges and mm -hmm. really broadening our understanding of what infrastructure means. And I think this is something that that Democrats, certainly many Democrats in our state legislature are working on you know, communicating some of these ideas. And I think we need more of that. Uh, but to me, infrastructure has to include childcare, affordable childcare so that people can go to their jobs. It has to include transportation uh, so that people with disabilities and, and people who um, don't have cars can, can get, you know, even in our, more we have a little bit of rural in our district and then a lot of suburbs and we we should expect to have public transportation 
um, even in our smaller communities. I think it's so many people just assume that that's never going to happen and, and it can happen. We can have more uh, more public services that can help all people get 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 where they need to go and have the uh, supports, the family supporting policies that help them keep doing their jobs. So that's something that's really important to me that I'd like to work on. And then uh, this is pretty obvious, but uh, you know, the, the Dobbs decision devastated so many of us this summer, even though we saw it coming, it still felt like such a punch in the gut to me. Um, and, you know, we're really dealing with multiple emergencies, life-threatening emergencies, right? We got gun safety, we have climate disaster, we have we have Roe being overturned. And again, it's easy to throw our hands up and be like, well, what are we even going to do about it? But again, I think the people of Wisconsin are way ahead of the legislature on this too. And right now, Tony Evers is the only thing, and, and Attorney General Josh Call they're the only thing stopping us from going even farther back in time. Um, but I do think that this is an emergency and we have to treat it as such. And we have to figure out how to keep as many women in Wisconsin safe as we can. Are you, when you do doors across your state and you talked about how, you know, uh, rural and suburbs, that there's a lot of variety uh, in, in district rather. Um mm-hmm. What are you hearing? Are you hearing a, a united sort of consensus on these issues? Or do we have more in common than we think? Absolutely. Absolutely. I, you know, yeah, I think that's exactly it. You know, I've talked to people who we don't necessarily agree on everything. I actually talked to one man who, you know, I, I mentioned that I'm I'm a volunteer with Moms Demand Action. He's I'm not sure about all these gun rights things. I'm actually a I'm actually a historical gun maker. And I told him, you know what? I grew I grew up in the military. I learned how to shoot. I my dad's a hunter. I own guns. And I and he said, but I don't think we need AR-15s on the street. And I said, exactly. You know, there there is there's so much common ground that we don't need these assault weapons and it was just and then that led to such a great conversation and the same thing with roe i mean i've talked to so many men who who bring up roe first with me and Hmm. say wow i can't believe this happened and and some who remember what it was like before before roe so yeah i think that 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 also gives me a lot of optimism and hope is that we do have more in common and that we you know, I understand people who feel let down by Republicans and Democrats because women's health care, for example, it has not been prioritized. Our country has the highest rate of uh, maternal mortality in the in as compared to other industrialized countries. And it's it's unacceptable. So, you know, I think that it's just a matter of continuing to communicate, continuing to to show people what can happen if we elect people who are committed to serving the people who send them to office. I feel so, I mean, you're helping me get optimistic and, and have hope in that when you hit the bottom, which, you know, you're always hoping this is the bottom, how much lower can we go, but that it at least starts the conversation. So it's so wonderful to hear you saying that individuals, men and men included, are talking about reproductive rights when six six months ago the threat of Roe was just around the corner, but it wasn't part of the conversation. Are you are you seeing this as okay? We've hit bottom, but there's momentum here to to really rise up against this. Absolutely, and I think that's I, well said. <laughs> you're so good at the you're so good at this, Carousel. Um, but yeah, just building I mean, off think- of you, you're doing a great job. <laughs> yeah, and I think that you know. We we hear this every couple years these days is that this is the most important election in our time, but right. it really is. November is so important, and again, I think that I think that 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 gun safety legislation that was passed through Congress that you know six months ago no one ever thought that that would get through the Senate, not something like that would get through the Senate, and and then so quickly the Dobbs decision came out. So we didn't even get like a day to celebrate the victory. But but I think that something like that um, shows the power of organizing. And it shows that as Democrats that, you know, organizing is, is hard when you have such a big tent. We have a huge tent in the Democratic Party. But seeing some positive change happen that gives me such hope that, yeah, and now we ne- now we know that we can do it and that we can work toward the other, you know, life-threatening disasters that are that are coming for us. And 
and you know i mean england just had a record-breaking heat index yesterday i right. think yeah um so in hawaii i saw those videos of that the you know we can see incidents of the sea levels rising i think the stat is that like 80 percent of americans really know that climate change is real and a real threat so so i think we have to to not succumb to the feeling that nothing good is ever going to happen and we just have to keep organizing and fighting and 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 organizing locally in our communities and finding the people who maybe haven't been interested in politics before, but are really concerned about, you know, we're really sad what happened in Uvalde or are really nervous about climate disaster for the next generations and engaging them on those topics and just continuing to build coalitions. Well, and I think, you know, you mentioned people always saying, oh, this is the most important election ever. And I, we were talking with Mike for the first hour and uh, first half. And now with you, Anna, about how, you know, for me, someone who's been in politics for you know more than 16 years i feel like this election is so important i've never had this level of fear i've never talked to my kids about i don't know if i have two daughters i don't know if i want to live in wisconsin i don't want them for the first time ever i don't want them to go to college in wisconsin we were looking at all these all the great uw programs and beloit college and all these different options i'm like I don't know if I want my child to build their life in a community where they don't have access to reproductive health. This feels so urgent. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, it is. It is. And and when you look at states that already had restricted restrictions in place, women were already dying and black women were dying at a much higher rate than, mm-hmm. than white women in our country. Um, so. So, yeah, it is urgent. And, you know, yeah, you're right. <laughs> it's we have a lot of we have a lot of big problems to solve. And I think that's that it's really showing our country's shift. Try, it's showing the struggle like we are trying to become the first multiracial, multiethnic democracy, like successfully run. Things have never actually been good in America for everyone. There isn't some time we can point to where it used to be great. Right. I mean, look at our prison populations and look how many black black men are are in our prison systems right so so i think that's that that's the tension we're seeing that's what happened on january 6th is the pushback to that my campaign manager is always like you're you brought it out so much anna (laughs) but but i but i do think i do think that as we're trying to stay engaged that thinking about the big picture certainly helps me find the optimism um, because because this is not there's not some time we can point to like, well, what what about back then? You know, it, it's never actually been good for everyone. And that's what we're fighting for. Well, and people are, are pushing back so hard because they see the momentum the progressives are making. They're, they're afraid exactly. because they actually afraid. the harder they fight, it's because they really think that. There is momentum. I really like, see, Anna, you're making me optimistic. I'm going to use that word because you have, I mean, you're you're bringing hope to this. So based on that, I want to ask you, what voice would you bring if you're elected to the state legislature as a representative from Dane County where you have this strong, and I know your district, Dane County and, and beyond is bigger than just Dane County, but that you would have a, a strong, you know, democratic a constituency behind you. How can you help support other candidates and progressive values across the state of Wisconsin? Absolutely. Again, that's you know that's been my experience has been in is has been in organizing and and activism and building coalitions and building power. You know, as a leader in Moms Demand Action, I've helped people in other in other parts of Wisconsin start their own lo- local groups, um, organizing phone banks, getting people registered to vote, like organizing the principles of organizing are the same across the spectrum like it doesn't matter what you're organizing around you still have to get in there and get your hands dirty talk to people do deep canvassing um registering high school students i mean i think that's the other thing is that as democrats like every year you know more and more people are turning 18 and are eligible to vote and we have to tap into that because they're so much more likely to also be concerned about climate disaster they're so much more likely and and they are also very likely to 
to say, well, what have Democrats done for me? Like, look at what look at what's happened. So we have to really talk about what we want to deliver for them. And we have to show them that that politics is just people. And if you can change the people, you can change the politics. And that's what I want to do. And that's that's the the voice I want to bring is the fresh perspective of knowing what it's like to work with the most vulnerable populations in our community and make sure that everyone has what they need. So in our final moments here with you, Anna, talk to us about how people can learn more about your campaign and see you along the campaign trail. Awesome. Yeah. So I've been hitting doors all over our district every day. My website is AnnaHalverson.com. Um, you can head there. There's a volunteer tab. We have volunteers writing postcards, um, volunteers coming to Canvas and knock doors with us. We actually have a canvassing day um, tomorrow or tomorrow. On Time has, yeah. It's a <laughs> Every busy, day is it's the same. It's stretch. the summer. <laughs> yeah. We have a canvassing day in Mount Horeb on Saturday. And uh, yeah, the phone number, there, my, the phone number is on my website as well. So please reach out. Well, it's been wonderful talking with you, Anna. Any sort of final last words of what you're hoping to, uh, you know, leave us with about your candidacy? Yeah, I, I guess I'd like to I'd like to say that that we need every single person in Wisconsin and in our country to find the thing that they care the most about and then figure out how to get involved. Um, and hmm. That's what I'm seeing with volunteers who say, I haven't ever worked on a political campaign, but I'm excited about your candidacy. I want to I wanna talk to people. I want to get common sense gun safety through in Wisconsin. And yeah, I hope, to, I hope to see you out there. Well, it's been wonderful talking with you. Thank you so much for joining us and, and bringing the energy and enthusiasm. I wish you the best of luck uh, on the campaign. Thank you so campaign. much, Carousel. Thank it's you so been, much. It was truly a pleasure. It's been wonderful talking with you, Anna Halverson, candidate for Wisconsin State Assembly District 80. And I want to thank Anna and Mike, our two guests today, Anna Halverson and Mike Bear, for joining us today. I want to also give a huge congratulations and thank you to DeMorian for engineering today's show. Thank you to Rochelle and Jade for producing, getting, wrangling all these fun candidates and getting them on the show and getting on the time slot. So much work. Really appreciate all the work that you they do. A huge thank you to Shally, uh, Shally, our uh, news director, for holding everything together. It's been wonderful. We will be back again next week with hopefully two more candidates running for Wisconsin State Assembly District 80. I want to remind you, you have been listening to A Public Affair on WORT 89.9 FM Madison. We'll see everyone again next week. Have a great day, everyone. Don't take no prisoners if you can't afford to feed none. Don't start no fights if you cannot predict the outcome. Don't make donations where you cannot get your dough back. The apathetic bullshit to send them all your Prozac. I will not climb into your telephone tree and hell no, you cannot put me on hold. It's the same recorded message you've been singing all along. Keep handing us the Bible while you're walking off with all the gold. The bureaucratic office sends you merry-go-rounding. While the KKK police the streets by bloodhounding. Interest on the credit card just keeps on compounding. But the FCC can never shut this pirate sound down. Line direct with common, never pre-reported. With information that will never be reported. Disregard the mainstream. Media distorted. We come and listen and supported. Live and direct, we come and never be recorded. With information that would never be reported. Disregard the mainstream. Media distorted. We come and listen and supported. Live and direct, we come and never be recorded. With information that would never be reported. Disregard the mainstream. Media distorted. We come and listen and supported. Live and direct, we come and never be recorded.